You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Well, Bryson, it was good to finally get a fucking victory during a football game. I know it was only preseason, but it has been a long time coming for the Panthers to finally be in the win column. Went up to Washington. Now the Commanders. What an awful name. And... Carolina brings home the victory. Let's just talk about it. What did you like from that game? Yeah, I mean, it was close there at the end. Kind of worried a little bit, but Matt Corral leads the game-winning drive with only completing one pass, maybe no passes. And, uh, of course, Zane Gonzalez locks it up as the kicker. Uh, So consistent in Carolina. We really lucked into him. But, yeah, I, I liked what I saw from Baker. Um, to start the game, his first drive, very solid performance. Um, really seems like he commanded the field and was competent, which is something that we haven't seen from a quarterback in a couple years here in Carolina. And then Darnold comes in and on a short field, there's a, t- a nice touchdown pass. I mean, I can't I can't deny it. It was a, a great pass. Uh, but on a short field, uh, defense gets a turn- turnover. I think it was Luvu that punched it out maybe, or, or it was Littleton. Uh, punched it out and uh, Sam Darnold capitalizes on it. So I think that, you know, all around there, there were some places to grow. Mari Barno really stood out to me as a player that is kind of climbing up the ranks in Carolina as a, as a, as a rookie, but kind of thought of more as a developmental project when drafted him, when Carolina drafted him. But uh, he seems like he's ready to make an impact now. So uh, I saw some things I didn't like, and I saw some things I did like. And I, I think that that's really what the preseason's for. And uh, excited to to see what we have next in week two. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to mention before we go any further, we do have a guest coming up a little bit later in the show. My buddy, Maury Hirsch-Gordon, he is a sports director up in Rhode Island, covers the New England Patriots. He's going to be joining us here in about 20 minutes or so to talk about the joint practices that uh, just wrapped up in New England. Panthers playing the Patriots on Friday. You haven't heard by now. It was like a boxing match out there the last two days. Guys throwing punches. It's getting scrappy. It's joint practices. It's football. So we'll 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 hear from Maury in just a little bit. Um, yeah, I'll. I mean, quarterback. I'll start there. I thought Baker did what he was supposed to do. I mean, he came out firing. Uh, very precise, looked in control of the offense, had command, dishing the ball out where he needed to be. He had, I mean, he, there were some throws he made, and I think it was the one to Shy Smith. He had a guy right barreling down on his face. I believe he got hit on the play after getting the ball out, but I mean, that was not an easy throw. He had three third down conversions. He looked really good. It got me excited. I know Steve Smith even – I love Steve Smith. I'll tell you what, that guy needs to be in the broadcast booth for the Panthers. Oh, yeah. He's hilarious. But I remember him saying, he said, if Baker throws throws a touchdown here, you can you can get rid of this QB competition because it's done. It's over. So, again, I was hoping for it. Baker drive kind of stalled within, what, the 15-yard line or so. 
uh, in the red zone. He fumbled the snap, blames himself for it, and then he came back. It looks like, was it Zilstra? I think it was attended to Zilstra's. I think Zilstra ran the wrong route, yeah. according to what rule and Baker had, or, or what rule had said. So would have liked them to punch it in there. But again, it was a nice, long, methodical drive. I think it was like 13 players or so. So that was good to see. I mean, people got to remember, and we'll get into uh, the Patriots. When I was listening to the Patriots, you know, they're harping on Baker so much. I mean, the guy's only been there like three, four weeks. Like, for him to be looking this decent already, you know, I mean, he's going to miss throws. He's still not he's still not coming along with some of these wide receivers, and hopefully they get some more playing time here shortly once they announce this damn uh, starting quarterback. But he is looking – he is he is leaps and bounds ahead where he should be or where he is in uh, in this development as the Panthers quarterback because I mean again three four weeks ago I mean this guy was just getting a playbook so good to see from him Sam didn't look bad he had like you said he had that touchdown that was a pretty good play um, who was that Michael Jordan I think was the guard who got shoved into him on that or he got blown up if I'm right on that or was it. Uh, Michael Jordan was, was the one before. that got blown up in uh, on Baker. Uh, I think the guard for it was Icky. Icky got beat. That's what happened. Icky yeah. got beat on uh, on the outside there, and mm-hmm. Sam almost got sacked. I think that's what the play was. But anyway, Sam, I thought did all right. Then he came out again, three and out after that. Again, there was a lot of pressure at that point. So I thought there were some good things. I think clearly we both agree that you know Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback. So I think from what I've seen or heard from Matt rule that this decision hopefully is coming here shortly. Um, I know a lot of people want it to be by now. I know you can uh, probably go on a 10 minute rant about that, (laughs) but hopefully that is named soon. Um, PJ let's talk about PJ. Let's stick with quarterbacks really shocked that he played that long. Yeah, I don't know. Least. I don't know if they're trying to trade him away and hoping that's like the case, but I do not understand him playing a whole third quarter. No. I don't get like if I'm right on this again. I, I did watch the game twice. I watched a faster recap, like a 45 minute one after the fact. But I believe PJ played for three drives. If I'm right on that, the first one I don't I can't remember the first one, but he threw a touchdown. On the second one, then he came back out right before the end or the start of the fourth quarter. I was mm-hmm. like, "What the hell?" Like after that touchdown, they should have put Corral in. I thought, but yeah. Um, again, I don't know if they're trying to get rid of like trade him. And I was talking to Maury, who we're going to have on later, and I was talking to him a couple or it was after the before I asked him to come on here actually, and he was talking about that, you know, PJ's not that bad uh, as like a backup quarterback. Um, but they're only carrying three QBs. Like he yeah. is not making the roster. I don't care how good he looks. He could throw a hundred touchdowns in preseason. He is not making this roster. They're not carrying four. So he is the odd man out. And he, he has played good. He has two starts. They weren't the greatest. He got W's in them. He won the game. Um, so he isn't like a bad backup and he's he wouldn't even be the, he'd be the third string, but like you draft a Macarell, you trade it, you gave up capital. You're, I mean, Macarell's yeah. the third guy. Maybe they're just trying to trade him. But again, I don't, I did not understand that whatsoever. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were scratching their heads uh, with the playing time that P.J. got, and uh, I think rightfully so. Corral has gotten little to no reps in camp so far to this point, and we saw that uh, on the field. We, we saw the uh, accumulation of, of that on the field, and Corral probably has seen the least amount of snaps of any drafted rookie quarterback, um, and he looked the worst out of the rookie quarterbacks that played in the preseason of, of note. Um, Sam Howell looked 10 times better than Corral did. Uh, and and I don't even think being in the situation that he's in behind Darnold and Baker, that's a quote-unquote uh, competition. Um, Kenny Pickett's in up in Pittsburgh playing behind Mason Rudolph and Mitchell Trubisky and, and getting – uh, some reps in camp, so and and looking good in in the preseason, I think that the so far that Matt, uh, Matt Rule has handled the Corral situation just terribly, focused on the Darnold and Baker competition that doesn't exist, uh, thinking that he's smart smarter than everybody else in the league, or thinking that the fans are stupid not naming a, a starter and trying to manufacture competition and manufacture trade value for Darnold. Um, I, I don't know the point of it. I think it's idiotic. I think at this point, not getting reps for Baker with the ones is just really shooting yourself in the foot. When we talked about it last time, it was just so early on. I was okay with it, but it just keeps dragging itself out. Name the damn starter. Quit wasting time. You're not smarter than anybody else in the league. You're not outsmarting anybody by doing it. And and focus on shedding that, getting – P.J. Walker off of this team and get the reps to Matt Corral that Matt Corral needs for his development. Of course, Matt Corral isn't going to be ready week one to play, but he should have looked a, a whole of a lot better in his first preseason game than he did. Yeah. I, am I pissed that Matt Corral didn't play more or up a little annoyed? I should say pissed. Annoyed by him not playing? Yeah. Do I think it's going to hinder his development overall? No. Going to the Sam Darnold Baker Mayfield argument, um, I think by now it's clear Baker's a, is the guy. Um, I will say this: I don't think it's, I don't think Matt Matt Rule and Scott Fitter are trying to play Sam Darnold to get him traded. I think what it was early on, at least, is Matt. If Matt Rule comes in and names Baker the starter the minute you traded for him or the minute he walked into the field, he would have lost some players in the locker room. There were guys that, whether fans want to admit it or not, backed Sam Darnold as their quarterback or at least put on a show and made it look like that. So I think that is the reason behind it, but... I think Baker has showed enough that he should be named the starter by now. So for that to drag out, yeah, it's, it is a little frustrating, but also fans get a little, little too impatient on Twitter. So, no, and, and, and that's a fair point. I haven't really looked at it from, from that side of things with the locker room and guys like Robbie that do really support Darnold. Um, but the moment that you trade for Baker I think if you have any common sense, if you're in that locker room, which I'm sure there are some guys that don't, um, you know Baker's getting Baker's oh, coming it in. Oh, it is inevitable. Yeah. I think I think everyone deep down knows that. I think Robbie knows that. But for them to come in 
and just name him starter right off the bat. They, I just don't think he could do that. I yeah, Christian. Uh, there, there's been reports that Christian really backed Sam Darnold, Chris McCaffrey, and and he's a pretty pivotal player to this team when on the field healthy. Yeah, for. Baker to come in and say, yep, you're the starter. You don't, I mean, you're coming off injury. You haven't proven anything, but you're, I feel like that would have created some animosity there. And that's why I think it has taken so long. I also think that Baker has, or I mean, Baker, Sam has done some things that I don't think many people expect. I didn't think Sam would have played this well. I think, I thought, I thought what we saw today in practice with the three interceptions, I thought we'd see that way earlier. Like, Early the first couple of weeks, Baker didn't look that great. I mean, he was off with receivers and stuff like that. And Sam was making plays. He wasn't making splash plays like Baker was, but he was still distributing the ball. And that's where I think it kind of dragged out. And, you know, I also think Matt Rule really wants to make sure he doesn't have to go back on this decision in five weeks. If, which we don't think this is going to happen. No one on Twitter thinks this is going to happen because we know what Sam Darnold is <laughs> from our perspective. But he, I don't, Matt Rule doesn't want to go back in week five if they have lost two or three games and say, shit, should I have started Sam Darnold? Because Matt, Matt Rule's line, job is on the line. So he, he wants to make a 100% decision that he's not going to backtrack in four or five weeks. And that's why I think he is taking his sweet fucking time or making sure that it is going to be Baker Mayfield. But again, all that said, I think we all agree. Baker is the guy. It is not Sam. It never was going to be Sam. Really, honestly, um, since the draft, I mean, honestly, since the offseason, I was listening to Ian Rappaport just going on a side note about the Baker trade. Ian Rappaport today was on the Rick Eisen show, and he said the day of the draft, he had in Twitter drafts the trade typed out already and ready to send and say that the Panthers were going to acquire Baker Mayfield. And then it just it fell through like he was right. They everyone thought a lot of the like national guys thought Baker was going to be traded draft night on the second night to the Panthers, which I thought was interesting. So, yeah, yeah, I was on a side. I think you're you're pushing your luck with the second part of your reasoning there um, with with Darnold playing well and it really being a competition. But I, I think people expect Darnold to play somewhat well when he's not being rushed. And, uh, you know, it's seven on seven or one on ones or whatever. Uh, Darnold. I mean, Darnold's got a talented arm. I don't think anybody can deny that he can throw the ball far um, and accurate sometimes. Uh, but. Uh, I think the competition part, it, there, there's never really been – Darnold and, and Baker th- throughout their NFL careers as a whole have never been on the same level of quarterback play. So I don't think that it, it was really a, a question as to who was better or who plays better or whatever. Um, obviously, no, I, I think- just – off of that reasoning, I'm going based off of what I've seen from beat reporters the first probably week and a half of training camp. From what I, I mean, unless we were reading different tweets, it was neck and neck. It was not one. I mean, one day Darnold looked good, the next day, and Baker looked like shit. The next day, Baker looked good, Darnold looked like shit. Like it was like that for like the first week and a half, and then you started to see Baker make the splash plays, start you know scoring in the red zone more, and, and then that's the, the you and and if we both have realized this too is. 
Dar or Baker is starting to play way more with the ones. Like it has slowly shifted, and that's kind of been hidden under the you know the carpet. Matt Rule hasn't come out publicly, but it, you, if you've seen the splits over the last probably since before the preseason game, the week of the preseason game lead up, Baker is saying, but that first week and a half from reading beat reporters again, I wasn't at the practice. I went to one. There was every other day. It seemed like one QB did better than the other. And that's where I was getting that from. I, again, <laughs> I, I don't think Sam is the guy, but I just saying early on, I feel like, that has been like Matt rule wants to make sure he gets this right and does not want to backtrack. And I don't think he's going to have to, I really think Baker's going to come out and I mean, you can't, you can't, you cannot trade for a guy who has been through what he's been through with Cleveland and not start him week one. I don't think that's well, well, to, to, to calm everybody's nerves. Don't worry. Matt from Matt rules quote today. He feels like he's got a really good plan at quarterback. So just everybody calm down. Matt Rule's got it. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to leave it there. <laughs> We're going to leave it there. <laughs> I Never mind. We're going to leave it there. Um, let's, let's go to other guys on the offense in that preseason game. Um, that kind of stuck out. I mean, I think the biggest thing coming out of that game and in reference to that is Iki Iquanu becoming yeah. a left tackle. Um, he's, I mean, it since like the week of pre, the preseason week versus Washington, he played, he was starting to get more reps with the ones in the Brady and him combo. It looks like they still haven't decided the guard spot, but that is, that's like, that was major news this week. Mm-hmm. I was a little shocked Matt dropped that on Tuesday, but like that is solidified now. So Iki Aquanu is now the left tackle. What did you? I don't know if you honed in on him at all during that preseason game. Did you see anything? What anything you liked? Well, I mean, I, you've mentioned the play where he was beat pretty bad on that Darnold throw, but I think other than that, um, nothing really stuck out. You know, good or bad. I don't think I, I thought he was solid. Um, I think his Focus grade, take it for what it is. Um, I think it was decent, but I was really pleased with some of the backup offensive linemen that played, like Pleasance and uh, oh gosh, the other the other guy slipping my mind. Pleasance and um, there was Cade another Mays. Cade yeah, Cade Mays, Cade Mays, sixty-four, yep, Cade Mays. Yeah, that, those both both of those guys played really well, and I think that Pleasance is kind of solidified himself as the backup right tackle behind Moten and Elfline's kind of just, or not Elfline, uh, Irving's just floating around, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully going to get traded or cut, but, uh, no, no, he, he's good. He's good depth for Carolina. So yeah, those, uh, I thought, I thought both of those guys too. Um, Kane Mays, man, that guy, he, I mean, he plays to the whistles blown, like yeah, pancaking guys to the ground. He, I thought he played outstanding. And for him to be uh, like be a developmental like backup for like a guard because we know there's injuries are going to happen throughout the season. To have some of those guys in your back pocket is good, and he can grow too, learning behind you know Austin Corbett who went to the Super Bowl last year with the Rams. Like that's a good guy to learn behind. Like that's that's a that's a shit and that's the depth you want on a team 
So you can build off of it in a couple of years when you don't want to pay Corbett anymore, you can slide him in and you're ready to roll. So that's, yeah. I think that was a really good pickup. It looked like Brown. I know we were talking, I talked about Brown last week and for me, maybe him being a potential cut. I know a lot of fans love him because he's, you know, he's a big, big body dude from Bama. I mean, the guy's just a brick house. I mean, he's huge. Yeah. He played a lot at left guard later in the game. I noticed that. Um, who else? Bozeman, the Bozeman. We got to talk about the Bozeman injury a little bit. He went down this week in Patriots practice. That sucks. Yeah. I, I mean, Elfline like- is a, if, I mean, if he's got to start week one like that, I think all the other guys around him will elevate him enough where they can kind of cover up some of the deficiencies there. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's not the worst case situation, but well, I think, I, I think today they, yeah, I think today they uh, said it was only going to be like two or three weeks, right? For, for Bozeman. So, yeah, when does the regular, would that be before regular season? When is that? Yeah, there's, I think there's three weeks left of, because uh, there's the two weeks of preseason, and then there's a week off. And week then, off. yeah. Okay. So, so there is time. Okay. Yeah. So he could be ready to roll then. But yeah, they dodged a major bullet there because they, they were worried that he fractured his ankle, which <laughs> that would have sucked for him. I I've, I think a lot of Panther fans are pulling for him. It's just, oh, yeah. He's been a welcome sight, him and his soon – are they married, soon-to-be wife? I'm I think sure. they're married. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are yeah. married, yes, his, him and his wife. So, yeah, pulling for him. Thought Higgins played well. He's the one who caught the Sam Darnold touchdown. Shy Smith brought in a couple. I think Shy's Shy's going to make the uh, Shy's making the roster. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, a, a great depth piece at wide receiver. So yeah, that was. And then I thought Brady did. I thought Brady play, he he started at left tackle when Baker was in. I thought he played pretty well. I think I really think he's going to get that guard spot. I hope he does. He's. I think he's going to be pretty damn good. I yeah. liked him at left tackle too, but I think he's going to be really good at left guard. I do. I agree. I agree. Defensively, you mentioned Barno. I was surprised by him. Oh, I yeah. think he, that might be one of the reasons why they're not bringing in someone. Because if they can have a rotation, I mean, this guy ain't going to come out and have 10 sacks. No, I'm not saying that. But for him to add a rotation to Marquise Haynes and Yitor Gross Matos, I think they might – they might generate at least, you know, five to seven sacks altogether, maybe, hopefully. At least, let's hope they do that. <laughs> um, but again, you Hassan Reddick, what do you have? 11 yeah. last year? Uh, I think it was at 12 and a half. Last 12 year. and a half. So, I, I mean, if so. they can generate – sorry, that number was – five was low. What the hell am I thinking? Seven to ten, if they can generate that between them all. Barno play well, man. He had what? He had a – didn't he? Did he have a sack? I thought he had a sack, or did he have a pat? I gotta check this out. He, he had the pressure uh, to where um, the interception was. Thrown That's in. what it was. He had yeah. the pressure. Yeah, that was picked off. He had a. Uh, I thought and, he had one other play. He had he had another one in there and, as well. And uh, Reddick had eleven sacks last year, not twelve and a half. Sorry, eleven. So I think you're right. Yeah, but yeah, Barno. I thought played really well. Brandon Smith, the linebacker, oh. I think he's going to – I like. I mean, he had that one big hit on 
coming across the middle. I mean, I fucking just <laughs> yeah. that was a solid freaking. He's play. fast. He he's going to be a solid piece at linebacker. I am like we mentioned, and he's not even the starter. Week. Like he's going to uh, learn too. So like, yeah, and him coming he, in off you know off the bench, that's solid. Yeah, we just got to uh, hope Shaq is back for the regular season, which it sounds like he should be, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like we mentioned last week, we're, we're growing more and more comfortable with that linebacker group. So uh, that's good Um, to get back to what you said about, you know, with them being comfortable with the, with the end, the ends that they have, I think speed off the edge, I think they're good. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I think where the, all three of those guys are going to struggle is in the run. And I think that they need to bring in a solid end that's thicker than the guys that we have that specializes more in run defense than in speed off the edge because all three of those guys are kind of the same player uh, when you boil it down. They're, I guess Matos is a, is a little different, but he's a speed rusher as well. So uh, I think that if they could just still add one more one more piece there, uh, a, a special run def, run defending, just like an, even if it's an older player like Jason Pierre-Paul and you just tell him to go in there and, and set the edge, like you don't have to really – worry about getting the 10 sacks or whatever a season and just set the edge and, and help with the run defense. I think that that would really help them down the road. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd never count out anything with Scott Fitter. I wouldn't even count out a trade I and mean, what he did last year at trades. I don't yeah. count anything out now because I could see that. Cause that was kind of a surprise last year when they got rid of who the hell was that in the middle? We went to the Raiders Oh, uh, Denzel Perryman. Yeah, they traded yeah. Perryman, and then they also got rid of Arnold. I mean, that was three games in, but yeah, I wouldn't count that out. That's why I honestly think that Walker thing is a – I mean, I could see him as a backup somewhere if someone needs it. So, there's something Ooh. to keep in mind, P.J. Walker. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Um, but, yeah, I thought overall, I mean, I will tell you this, the Panthers – they still have a long ways to go with Phil in the back end of the roster. I feel like, I mean, you said it before, Sam Howell brought the commanders back in that game. That shouldn't have yeah. been even close. But again, it was like the second and threes playing. But that back end of the roster, they were getting tired. I mean, they were, by the fourth quarter, they were, it was like Washington was, you know, two or three steps ahead of them in that fourth quarter. So that's something you would like to see, you know, Turnover. I know Scott Fritter is always saying they're always trying to turn that back into the roster, but those guys, it looked like they were struggling there at the end. So I guess we'll see if that improves this week because it looks like the twos and threes are going to be playing a lot more. But why, yeah. we got to talk about special teams, unless you want to say something about the defense. No, I was just going to say, uh, I thought I, w- I was under the impression that week two was the week that a lot of the starters place it, but is it week three still? I think it is. And I want to say last year, I thought the starters played a lot week three as well. Preseason okay. last year, I thought Sam Darnold played a lot. The la- the third game or the la- or the third preseason game. Oh uh, yeah. I think. And I right. also thought, I thought that too. See the old way when they had the four games week two or no week three was the big week when there was four preseason games week three, yeah. your starters, you, most of the time played an entire half. Yeah. This year, I mean, in la- and then last year, the preseason format changed and went to three games. And I believe, if I'm right, don't quote me on it, 
the starters played a lot the third preseason game and the second game, the twos and threes played. And this year, I think they're doing the same format. There's not a lot of the starters playing this weekend and they're taking the joint practices more of that was their preseason game for the starters. And then next week is when you'll see more of the starters and then they'll have a week off and then regular season kicks off. But yeah, I was kind of, I, I was a little, I, I figured they, the starters were going to play a lot this game. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that means that Panthers fans have a lot to look forward to for the, for that preseason home game with the bills. Then you get to see the starters for a while. So that's, that's what that's, I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool for, for fans. Well, we got to talk about special teams in the game because they played a big role. Matt rule. That was one of the things he said coming into training camp that he hopes um, kind of defies part of their season is special teams plays a pretty big role in this team. And they got, you know, they got some damn good players. You mentioned it. Zane Gonzalez, perfect on field goals. He had the last one. I mean, that just stuck in there, but they made it. Don't matter. You don't see that in the box score. He made it. <laughs> and then um, Johnny Hecker, I thought the special teams unit as a whole between his punts, the kickoffs, the kick coverage, the punt coverage. He always got scared the last couple of years when teams were returning punts or returning kicks. And I felt like that Chris Tabor and his unit has really bottled that up and has done pretty well. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, all, all around, like you mentioned, the punt, the, the coverages, everything looked just 10 times better than as for a long time in Carolina. Um, no hate to Chase Blackburn. You know, he's a, he was a good player in Carolina. And I, I think for the most part, he was a decent special teams coach, but Chris Tabor is just a whole nother level of, of, of coaching that we've, that we've had at that position. So I think that um, he's got those, those guys playing well, well-rounded unit, no weaknesses really anywhere, but one of the best punters of all time, a kicker that's been consistent as hell. And you, you've got Andre Roberts this season, who's a pro bowl returner. So I think that that's going to really be one of the strong units for Carolina, and it's going to be really fun to watch. All right, Bryson, enough about the game last week versus the Commanders. we got to talk about what's happening this week. WWE in New England, it sounds like. We got Maury with us. Maury Hirsch Gordon, a good friend of mine. We worked in TV together. He's now the sports director at WPRI 12, CBS affiliate up in East Providence, Rhode Island. Maury, we had you on last year ahead of the Patriots game. Didn't go so well for us, but how are you doing? You did, did you did you have to put on the gloves? <laughs> I made it out alive today, thankfully. I, I made it out alive. It was uh, quite the scene. It was round two, and you know I think we're going to get round three on Friday night when these two teams play in the, in the second preseason game. So kind of walk us through walk us through the fights today. Why don't we start with that? Because that has been the talk, and then we'll get into the football side of things. From what you saw today, and then maybe you can talk about it on Tuesday as well, but what you saw today, who's to blame out of all of this? Because I've seen mixed things. Um, I've seen coaches maybe getting involved too, pulling players. So what, what was your perspective from it all? Yeah, so, so without a doubt, really disappointing on both ends. Both teams are, are to blame, you know, without a doubt. Um, it was entertaining as hell for us on, on the sideline, but, you know, we're there to watch football. We're there to watch these joint practices. And when 15, 20 minutes, there's, you know, 
a melee ensues. It spills into the crowd, which we'll get into. Um, and then both teams have to be separated and, and need a talking to like they're in elementary school. I mean, you know, it, it sort of got redundant. You know, yesterday was cute. It was fun. You know, on Tuesday, there was, you know, some pushing and shoving. And you like to see that competitive nature. Uh, guys afterwards talked about, you know, it's football, things like that will happen. But the fact that it happened a second straight day was, was really tough. So both teams are at fault. However, here's how I saw it go down today. Uh, teams are in kickoff drills. Uh, so special teams units are out on the field. Safety Kenny Robinson um, lays out Christian Wilkerson. Christian Wilkerson is sort of your practice squad, fringe type of wide receiver on the Patriots roster. Uh, had a game last year against the Jags, caught four balls, scored two touchdowns, but then also spent most of the year on practice squad. So he's sort of been up and down, has a little bit of experience. This isn't a guy that, you know, they're going to factor in as a top three or four wide receiver, but he is a good depth piece that they can rely on. So Kenny, Kenny Robinson uh, hits him with a shot, um, which afterwards – what do you mean hit him hit him with a shot? Was this did he go and wrap up? Because were they they were still pretty they were allowed to tackle, correct? They, they were allowed to tackle. It was it was as Matthew Slater, captain, who's on his fifteenth season in the league. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. His dad, Jackie Slater, played in the league twenty years. He's a Hall of Famer. As Matthew Slater said, it was a legal hit. The Patriots had no reason to be upset at Robinson for the hit. However. Where Robinson crossed the line was he makes that hit and he stands over top of Wilkerson. So you saw the standover because that's been where it gets muddy. He stands over him. He showboats him. He celebrates it. Other Panthers were chirping and involved in the play. They sort of came over hooting and hollering, pointing at one another. That's where it all happened. That's where the Patriots said, wait a minute. Good job with the hit. You're doing what you're coached. You cross the line. And that's where Matthew Slater said, especially knowing when you see Christian Wilkerson laid out on the ground, he's got immediate symptoms of potential serious injury, potential concussion. He needed to be carted off the field. He did not move for like a good couple minutes before Patriot staffers rushed over. Okay. And no fight broke out after this. That was just like the first little one. There wasn't anything, no skirmish after that. That's what happened. And Matthew Slater said, listen, we're all humans here. We all love the game. We all love football. But everybody knows when you're in that spot, regardless of who you play for, who's ever on the front of your jersey, you, you have to stop and you have to care about the individual. So I think that's where the Patriots didn't take a liking to what happened today by Robinson. Then that was the final play of special teams work, kickoff drills. Then they go into their first, like the first play, the ensuing play of offense versus defense. Carolina has the ball in the field first. Christian McCaffrey catches a pass. He goes toward the sideline. There is some fan video out there on social media. And as he's heading toward the sideline, but he definitely wasn't out of bounds, Dietrich Wise Jr., who eventually got ejected today, he was the only Patriot to get ejected on Wednesday at camp, Big defensive lineman has been around for a number of years. You know, hits McCaffrey hard. Legal in the shoulder. McCaffrey didn't like it. He stands up. He spikes the ball, whether it was at a Patriot player, whether he hit him, whether he threw it on the ground. That, that's really when that was on the, the far side, the far field, on the far side. That's really where it starts to get hairy in my mind. Um, 
But according to reports, according to the video, you look at it a million times. I've looked at, you know, it feels like every different direction. It seems like, you know, he threw the ball, whether it bounced and hit a Patriot or whether it hit the Patriot right on the fly. That's when, you know, everything then, you know, really went downhill. Um, guys are, are, are going back and forth between one another. And what's really sad is it spills over into the fan bleachers. Like EMS had to be called. EMTs are out on the field. Um, you know, a woman potentially got hit with the ball or, or, or with, with a body that got thrown into the crowd. And, you know, at that point, that's where, that's where it crossed the line as like, all right, listen, you know, we're not, it, players don't get paid to fight. You know, we're not out here. This isn't WWE. I'm trying to pull up my Twitter here as I talk because I, I saw um, a Panthers player throw punches at Jabril Peppers, who's a safety uh, where am I? Taylor Moten. So Taylor Moten, a big, I think he's big offensive lineman, defensive lineman. Yeah, I think, think he's a rock. Yeah, he's a, he's right a tackle. tackle. So <laughs> and, while, and while that's going on, a lot of players rush over, and Jabril Peppers is like 5'10, and they're both like going at it. And you see full on like Moten's. You know, I never understood NFL players punching each other when they got helmets. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the the weird thing about that is is Moten is a quiet, reserved guy. He he had to be provoked to for something like that to happen. Yeah, There's he's no very way. like soft spoken. Like he he talks with his play on the field type of guy. Yeah. So we spoke to Devin McCourty afterwards today. Another longtime captain. He's been with the Patriots since '09. This is a guy that's just as important. You know, right after Gronkowski, Edelman, and Brady. He's right there in terms of like most important second dynasty players for the Pats. He said that like when he said us, meaning we, the media see it. Sure. There's like 200 people over there, right? You've got both teams. They're right out about a hundred players, staffers, you know, EMTs, like I said, security guards, whatever. It looks bigger than it is because everyone's rushing over to make sure guys are staying safe. They're trying to pull guys apart. So it looked bigger than it was, but it was serious. I mean, it was serious enough where, you know, I think it's safe to say, you know, three players were thrown out on Wednesday. It's safe to say that you, you could have had like three or four times that amount on both sides. I just think, you know, between two players getting thrown out for the Panthers in uh, Robinson for the second day in Chuba Hubbard, Wilkerson was out. He, it looks like he's uh, going to miss some time now. It looks like he was treated at a hospital today. It looks like you know, – Yeah, what was the update there? Did he get a concussion? What was uh, – So they haven't said anything medically yet. There have been some reports out on social media literally just a few minutes ago before we hopped on. Um, you know, I'm reading one from Doug Kide who covered the Patriots for a long time. He's with PFF. Uh, he said update on the Patriots. Christian Wilkerson, he got knocked out on a blindside hit. He's likely to miss some time with a head injury, but other tests came back clear per source. He's feeling okay. So it seems like, you know, he, he might be ready for week one, but this is a guy that's a fringe roster player. You know, mm -hmm. this is a guy that's, that's trying to earn his family some money and, and, and make a living here in the NFL and, and make a career. So, um, you know, regardless of the result of what happened, there could have been way more guys thrown out. However, the rosters have been shaved to 85 They've already lost. Both teams had already lost two guys on the day. You know, you start throwing out another four or five guys. Well, if you want to keep your ones off the field, you're not going to have many left, you know, to actually get through the rest of practice. Yeah. Or else you got to practice, you know, separately. 
it, it got to the point where had, had one more thing happened, I wouldn't have been shocked if Belichick said Yeah, did you ask any of the players that? Because I, I thought I heard in the press conference, I think – I think Baker let it slip because I don't. Matt Rule kind of dodged it. Um, if if uh, what he said to the players, because I know both Belichick and him split up their teams, had a little meeting, then they went back. Did you ask them at all? Was Belichick close to calling it a wraps and they practicing separately? Because I think Baker said that Matt Rule's Matt Rule and Belichick talked, and that was like the next step that they were going to just split up the teams and not practice together. Yeah, I, I th- it seems like that was the case. We didn't get that from any Patriots players today, uh, but but it seemed like, you know, all right, they were on their final strike. It, it was strike two again. There were two fights on Tuesday, you know, and then two fights today on Wednesday. And, and if it got to that third one, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely felt like for a second that was an option because both teams, you know, separated. They were on either side of that one field. And Belichick and Rule spoke to their respective teams for what, felt like 10 minutes. It probably was only three or four, but you know, it was complete silence. And this was, these are the most attended Patriots training camps of the whole summer. And attendance has been really up this year for some reason, whether it's, you know, football's back for the second straight year, fans can come. Hopefully we're out of this COVID mess. You know, people enjoyed Mac Jones, whatever the case is up here, it was mobbed standing room only people standing on like, on fences two and three rows above where other fans were, were sitting in Foxborough. So there were a ton of fans and it just got to the point where, listen, you know, it was probably pretty close to that. Uh, now, now pa- the Patriots did say it's a good learning lesson. We have to learn that stuff like this might happen in the regular season. We can't fight. We don't get paid to fight. If we do fight, we'll get thrown out. Yada, 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 your typical coach speak there. But yeah, I mean, I know Matt rule. Also, I listened in a little bit to him before some Patriots guys came over and he said, you know, Kenny Robinson could be cut, right? There's an option. He didn't rule out that he's not going to get cut. Like what happened last year with um, JT Ivy, Ibby. Ivy. Yeah. yeah. Ivy. Right? I think I mean, he would have been cut already though. I don't think they're going to wait until tomorrow. Like he would have been cut today already. I think if that was going to happen. Sure. But, but you had that hit on, who is it? Keith Kirkwood. Yeah. Uh-huh. We had the yeah. film on that baby. That's a viral video we had. <laughs> yeah. So listen, I mean, it's not good. And a, and a lot of media members that don't cover the pa- the Panthers often and a lot of fans, it's just like, you know, no, yeah, and I, 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 saw, I saw don't the want there to be this theme about the Panthers, but it's like considering the context of what happened last year with a player. And I get it. One player is not going to ruin it for everybody. But it's like, what's going on here? Especially like after day two and sort of like Robinson's hit was sort of the tip of the iceberg and sort of what started it all. So maybe a Patriot was wrong on the second encounter during that first play with McCaffrey. Patriot player for sure could have been in the wrong. But what started it and what sparked it, according to the Patriots, was the Robinson hit and was the Robinson taunting after the fact. Now, I don't know if this is true, and I, I'm not, I don't want to speculate, but we do have the play last year in the game. Brian Burns makes this hit, hits Mac Jones. Mac Jones twisted his ankle. I don't know if that has spilled over with, within the team to coming into camp. Um, I also know that Carolina had joint practices last year, and they got bullied. 
the first day, I think it was versus the Colts or the, I think it was the Colts last year. The first day they got bullied. It was the opposite. They were getting their asses kicked and kind of acting like the Panthers were this year. And I feel like Carolina came out and joined practices this year and said, this is, we're not going to get bullied around here. We're going to become the aggressors in this. And And, that's kind of, go ahead. And they have a different guy in the locker room this year at quarterback. That isn't going to take any shit from anybody. And if you, if you look in that video, Baker Mayfield was in the middle of that skirmish with the Christian McCaffrey hit. And I, I feel like the, the hit Christian McCaffrey is, is like likens to if you guys still had Tom Brady and Tom Brady got hit late running out of bounds or something, you just don't touch Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, especially coming off of, you know, the past two years of uh, his injury history. So uh, the players are just going to be real protective of him. And even if, you know, he, he wasn't out of bounds or he was out of bounds, I mean, the hit wasn't necessary. And, uh, he, 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 McCaffrey was on his way out, but uh, I, I think that you know it's it's two teams that are <laughs> very chippy, obviously. Well, yeah, they we're, haven't we're, seen any other team. I mean, ready to play some ball. Uh, and I think I think Baker Mayfield's attitude. Uh, I mean, even you know prior to the Patriots, uh, him and Dante Jackson were going at each other verbally, and uh, it's just I, I think that his his attitude and leadership has kind of spilled over to this team and given them a little bit more of an attitude than they normally have. No, that, that, that's a, that's a good point. I want to, I want to get away from the the fighting now because I feel like it happens. Any can any joint practice you go to, it happens. I clearly you don't want to see what happened on the kickoff. I was also curious from what, what you've covered in the past, do you, have you seen that a lot, Maury, where they're doing kickoff coverage in joint practice? Because I feel like that's not very common, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah, so I actually – Like live hitting on it. Yeah, yeah live hitting. I, I think it's pretty common. Um, I don't know about the live hitting aspect, but I do believe that, that, that they do, um, you know, do some kickoff coverages Um in joint practices and you talk to Belichick, he thinks you can get more out of joint practices than you can in the preseason games. Uh, and it seems Matt like rule it, thinks the same thing. He thinks so. because you can, yeah, exactly. You, you know, there's no guarantee that either team's going to get in the red zone. So that will help both offense and defense uh, kick off, you know, whatever the case is, um, you know, they both believe that and, you know, we'll get into it a little bit more here as we start to talk a little more X's and O and things, but Friday could be just a glorified walkthrough, which is really, you know, a shame for everybody. Yeah. Um, why don't Why don't we talk about the play on the field? Because I want to know from your perspective, from what you saw out of the quarterbacks for the Panthers. I know you cover the Patriots, but I, I tasked you with at least getting, getting, looking at them and keeping an eye on them. So how did Sam Darno look? How did Baker Mayfield look? Who won both days out of your mind? Yeah. So Tuesday, let's start with Tuesday. It was definitely the Patriots defense one Tuesday. Um, you know, Dietrich Wise said it. He said we dominated. Um, you know, you look at the Patriots and, and you say um, they're much quicker at linebacker. No more Hightower, no more Collins, um, no more Van Noy. They've got more speed up front. They've got arguably, you know, the best D-tackle tandem in the league uh, in Devon Godshaw and Christian Barmore. Um, and, and although they don't have JC Jackson anymore or Stefan Gilmore, who you guys are, are familiar with, they, they have a deep cornerback room. Um, and a lot of rookies that are flying around making plays. Um, so the defense for the Patriots definitely won Tuesday. As for your question about 
the quarterbacks, um, I mean, Baker has to be the number one. I feel like you guys both agree with that. I mean, you don't trade for a guy like that, regardless of what you give up. I don't care if you gave up, you know, a shoelace to get the guy. You brought him in with his attitude, with his persona, with everything he's accomplished in comparison to Sam Darnold. He's got to be the number one. Um, did he look like a number one quarterback? I thought he was solid. You know, he made his plays, but he's Baker. He's also going to throw some head scratchers in there as well. Um, but this is a guy, similar to what Bryson was saying, he just commands the huddle. You know, when he's out on the field, he's stretching, he's warming up, he's dapping up guys to start practice. You feel that um, chemistry, that connection with his teammates. You can see everybody just gravitate toward him when he walks on the field, things like that. Um, you know, not to say that, that Sam Darnold can't be good. Obviously had a good start last year, you know, at practice today, you know, made a nice touchdown throw in a two minute drill uh, after, I think, I believe he was given a mulligan. I believe it was an interception and then he, yeah, threw, he threw a pick. Then he threw it. Then he threw a touchdown uh, there late. He had Sean Wade was the cornerback for the Patriots who got caught with his back to the ball. Uh, and Darnold made a nice play. He was rolling out right uh, and threw the ball on the near sideline and made a nice play uh, for that score. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, another play in, in Panthers one-on-ones for when the offense was on the field, you know, Baker Mayfield to Brandon Zilstra. Am I? Yep. Zilstra. Yeah. That's Zilstra, Bryson's yeah. boy. Uh, Zilstra. So he made it, made a nice throw there. And, you know, the one-on-ones are great. I think the one-on-ones are better wide receiver cornerback as opposed to tight end. Sometimes the tight ends, the bigger body, they get a little bit of space. You've got a small guy on you. Uh, you can really separate and, and create space. But, you know, the cornerbacks and wide receivers, for the most part, are about the same speed and length. If you're matching up the right guys, you can get a little bit more out of that. Um, and Zilstra beat Sean Wade, uh, who should be, you know, a guy on the Patriots 53-man roster and should contribute. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, I believe it's got to be Baker uh, for all those reasons that I, that I put out there. Um, but you know, definitely Baker had more of the reps with the ones, uh, despite Darnold, you know, getting that two minute drill there late when he did throw the touchdown after throwing the pick, uh, with the ones, he got an opportunity to run there. Any surprise, any guy that stuck out on the Panthers defense or offense that you're like, Oh damn, like they're going to be pretty solid. Any, any, anything like that? Yeah, nothing in particular. I would just continue to say the length. I mean, Mac Jones even talked about it today. He said, you know, our, our, our offense was put to the test because the Panthers had a top five defense last year. I mean, this is the Panthers defense, as you guys know, really good, really long, uh, versatile. Obviously, it's Matt Rule's bread and butter. Um, but, you know, it's a, it, it's, a, it's a defense that I think will this year will continue to keep them in games. Um, it's now hopefully the offense can, can pull their weight. And it was tough today to see, to give Baker or Darnold really their fair share of opportunities because Robbie Anderson didn't practice. Um, and there was another wide receiver who I'm forgetting didn't practice as well. So they were a little shorthanded there. Um, yeah, terrorists so out again. Yeah, when you, when you don't have your full complement of, of, of targets, it's, it's tough there. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think this Panthers team is going to compete when, when you, when you have a guy like Baker, the, the confidence is, is just taken up a level. Even if the record isn't there at the end of the year, you're always going to walk around believing that you can compete with anybody when you have a guy who's won a road playoff game before, 
Um, and I think that's why the Panthers brought him in. Was the defense given Mac Fitz, or was he was he having his uh, having a day with them? Because no. it's it sounded like he did all right. It sounded like the Panthers played better today than they did on Tuesday. No doubt, I gathered. No doubt, for sure. Panthers definitely trending in the right direction here uh, as joint practices wrapped up. Mac had his moments. Um, you know, on Tuesday yesterday, he had a really nice ball to Devontae Parker, uh, who beat beat his man down the sideline. Safety help came over, uh, mossed both of them. Nelson Aguilar had a great catch today. Mac definitely had his moments, but there were far less of them today um, than there were on Tuesday. Um, you know, without a doubt. You also have to factor in that Patriots are putting in an entirely new off- offense. Right. And they don't have Josh McDaniels to boot. And they're having two guys call plays, you know, and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, you know, working with the offense most of the time. Belichick's also there, who, you know, weren't brought up on the offensive side of the ball. You know, th- their success in the NFL has been special teams and defense. So, um, you know, as the Patriots are still working through some kinks, but Panthers' defense definitely, it was, a little, it was much more even today on Wednesday than, than yesterday. Did Bill say at all um, who what their plan is for Friday? Probably not, but I he, thought I'd ask you. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He he didn't talk today. He talked yesterday. Um, oh, so he doesn't do daily like Rule does. Okay. Yeah, he he didn't didn't speak today. Mac was asked if he's going to play on Friday. He said he hopes so. But between us. I just don't see it. There's no reason why the Patriots would have, would have him talk after a Wednesday practice when the rule in the NFL is you only have to speak one time a week and then have Mac go play on Thursday and then speak again on Thursday. They want to limit as many times, you know, as all their players, especially their, their high-profile players like Mac, speak. Um, and with Bill Belichick saying that he believes he can get more out of joint practices – I think Belichick says, listen, I can get four days of joint practices out of two with the Panthers this week and two with the Raiders next week, and I only have three preseason games. So I can get more done in those four days than I can during the game. So um, they used to do this with Brady all the time. It used to be Brady would talk like the first week and then the second week, and then the third week he wouldn't talk until after the preseason game because he'd play a couple series and that would be the only time because he technically fills his NFL mandated quota to speak one time during that week. So just based on being around this team now, going on my fifth season covering them, just feels like Mac's not going to play. And it feels like most of the ones aren't going to play. And it doesn't sound like on the other side for the Panthers that they're going to play many of their ones either. I, I think, you know, Rule really indicated that it sounds like it's going to be the backups and the threes. Yeah. Um, which stinks, you know, which, really yeah, I would, I mean, I hope, I hope they, I mean, there is a lot of injuries right now, so who knows, but I'd hope to see Baker in there for at least a couple series. I would like to, but it does, it sounds like the twos and threes are going to be going to be playing this one. That's what Matt rule said today. So, I mean, I guess we'll get a good shot at Matt Corral because I don't think he got many opportunity over the last two days. I think no, they no. got, I think he got in there a little bit today. It sounded like, but. Yeah, you got in, got in at the end. Uh, nothing notable, you know, good or bad. But um, but yeah, it, it, it made it seem thing. like Matt Rule was 
I feel like today was the end of the QB competition. Like they, they made the decision after today. Yeah. I don't think Sam or Darnold is going to play much. I mean, Sam or Baker is going to play much and if at all on Friday, which kind of stinks. And there's no way that it should have taken that long, but yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, we'll get into that too. Me and you, Bryson, once, once, uh, Maury's off your Maury, any, any, thing you're looking forward to on Friday knowing that the starters probably won't be won't be out there. Yeah, I want no fights. I want I want a quick, easy, clean, injury free preseason game. I mean if they're going to allow the hitting like they have during joint practices, the preseason games are going to become extinct soon. And, and it's just for the fans. It's just for show. It's for the owners to make money. It's for the stadiums to, you know, concessions, make money, things like that. I'm not looking for too much. Um, I mean, I could bore you with a couple things Patriots wise, uh, but, 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 but I guess both sides, I mean, it's, it's just to, to stay clean, um, you know, play a good brand of football Um you know, Patriots wise, they, they, they've got some position battles to shake out. Um, you know, Malcolm Butler's out for the year, big one. Um, and I know league wide, that name really rings a bell, but who's going to be the number one, you know, cornerback in new England. It, it was Stefan Gilmore for so long. And then it was JC Jackson and they've both left. Uh, now, you know, they thought maybe Malcolm Butler could come in and, and, you know, use some of that magic that he had, you know, during his first stint, obviously on the IR. Um, we haven't talked to Belichick yet about that. Uh, so I'd be curious as to when that happened. But, um, you know, that's probably the biggest thing I'm looking for in terms of in terms of the Patriots, what we cover up here. Yeah, it should be a good one. I am I know Bryson and I are both excited to see Matt Corral. He didn't get a lot, um, a lot of playing time in that first game. It was like, nine minutes left in the fourth quarter when he came in, I think it was around there. So it'll be good to see, even if it's against the Patriots twos and threes, like to see that rookie get some reps. I mean, I know he's probably not going to play this season barring injuries, but be nice to see what we have in him a little bit. So, yeah. I mean, and and if Darnold and Mayfield don't play, Corral's going to play against solid NFL talent right out of the gate. Uh, even if it is some of the Patriots twos, he, he'll, he'll go up against guys that will be rotation pieces for the Pats uh, and that are right there to, to, uh, to come in and play uh, on a weekly basis. So I think you guys will get a, a good read. Um, it'll be interesting to watch. Any Malcolm Rodrigo's, you know, is that, that, that name ring a bell from, uh, from hard knocks, the lions, you maybe don't watch, but there's a guy on the Lions that's kind of rising up the ranks. He was drafted in the sixth round as a linebacker, and he's playing better than the starters right now. They call him Rodrigo. I was just curious if there's any Patriots guys like that that, yeah, yeah. that we need to watch out for. Yeah, no, no, there's a few. I haven't watched. I think, was it the second episode just came out? Yeah, it was yesterday's that this guy was kind of featured throughout the episode. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't caught up yet. Um yeah, I mean, Patriots side of things, uh, I mean, eight, you know, it's been 18 straight years. They've had an undrafted free agent make the opening 53-man roster. Um, so they have guys that I think it's the – don't quote me here. I believe it's the third longest. I believe the Chargers have the longest at 
22, 23 years. And I think the Colts are right behind it, like 20 or 21. So, you know, the Patriots, it's, it's every single year. It's somebody will make that opening 53 man roster. Um, there's a few guys, but there's definitely less chatter this year in terms of like an undrafted free agent guy making the pass, which I think is, is, is interesting because um, of all the years and of all the changes they've made to the offense, implementing a new system. Uh, and then you talk about all the changes they've had defensively to get quicker and everything. Um, yeah, no, there, there isn't anybody though that stands out right now, but there is still, there's, there is still a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we still have the preseason game Friday, uh, and then you still have all week next week and guys will be pushing hard for the last, you know, some of those last spots. We have to be down at 80 by next Tuesday. And then the following yep. Tuesday on the 30th, we have to be at 53. So, cut. um, yeah, so we still have almost it's two weeks from yesterday. So I feel like there is still a really good amount of time, uh, and a lot of film that will be put out there by guys, you know, all around the league. Well, Maury, I want to just thank you for coming on. I know you've you've been covering them over the last two days a lot, so I appreciate you giving us a little time. Go back to the wine and dine with your uh, soon-to-be wife and give him a follow on Twitter. It's M. Hirsch Gordon. Maury, it's good to see you catch up again. Thank you for finally visiting my ass here in Winston-Salem. Oh, my God. What, <laughs> what a beautiful golf course we went to. What a beautiful round we both played. We won't, we won't, you know. We don't disclose scores. (laughs) Disclose the score. That's exactly right. We will not disclose the score. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Friday night. We want to thank everyone for listening to Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And, as always, 